Either way, it goes, he's in control. That's right. He already knows and he's already there. And he does not leave us or forsake us. And we have to remember that either way. I hope nobody, I don't know about you, seen four bottles of water up here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's going to last quite a while today. We need to get uh, uh, a little bit of our, our thirst quenched, but shouldn't be too bad. Anybody else something for the Lord before we go into the message? All right, I, I'm not going to ask you to stand. You don't have to stand. You're more than welcome. Go ahead there, Steve. Praise the Lord. I'd like to thank the Lord for what he's done in my life. Hints and pills and drugs and, uh, brought me out of all that darkness. Yeah. And, and what I see, and uh, uh, I do recovery lot, uh, videos and uh, street ministry and uh, highways and byways. And, uh, and he leads me into all these things. The truth of Christ in me leads me in all things. And uh, I'd like to thank you, Mr. Peter. Uh, I was able to. Do food ministry over there, and uh, all these guys from Hero House comes, and I know y'all must all support and know that you're doing the right thing, and, uh, and Bill's doing a great thing, and yes, all he does. And, but uh, Magellan back there's testimony to everybody there, to, and his work history, and, uh, and how people, how the Lord bringing people like me and him and these guys out of darkness into the light we can uh, show others uh, uh, about Jesus show their love for him and I just want to praise him and he uses me and he's using them I just want to praise him and thank you Amen, bless your heart today praise the Lord I'm saying I'm not going to ask you to stand you're more than welcome to stand but I'm going to go and, and read two portions of scripture if you got strong legs, strong back, you might want to stand. If not, you're more than welcome to, to sit there and listen. But I'm going to uh, read a, a portion of Scripture from over in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in a day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Here's what I want you to think about for a moment. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now turn over, if you will, with me to Luke chapter 15. 
Go down to verse 11. It says, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent into him into these fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You may be seated. There's a reason I stopped there. You may be thinking, what do these two portions of Scripture have to do with each other? And a lot of times we look to the Word of God. We look at a lot of uh, the old saints or the patriarchs of the Scripture. And uh, we look at different portions of Scripture. And we'll, we'll say, boy, you know, this, this was about Moses and what Moses did. This was about Jeremiah and what Jeremiah did. This was about Paul. You know, we just came out of the book of Acts. And we're starting in the book of Romans on Wednesday night. And, and we've seen a lot of Paul's journey. seen a lot of things that, that Paul suffered. And we say, man, that Paul, that Paul... But all of these, they're not about these individuals. It's all about God. And when you look at the event and, and, and the, the, the uh, Garden of Eden and what happened there with, with Adam and Eve, it's all about God. When you think about the prodigal son and what happened in his life, it's all about God. And, and in these, especially these two events, it's all about the grace of God. And, and there's one thing that we need to understand, folks. When, whether you're saved or not here today, we all can either walk with God... And if you're not saved, you've got to get saved to walk with Him. Or we can walk away from God. Uh, if God is, is calling you, God is speaking to you and, and drawing you, convicting you if you're lost today, you've got that choice. You can either come to God and walk with Him or you can walk away. We as Christians today can either walk in fellowship with God or we can walk away. He doesn't force any of us to do anything, folks. And that's, that's the, the bottom line. And what we have to understand, and, and there's no two ways about it. A lot of people want to say, especially in, in uh, uh, situations where a decision has to be made, well, I'm neutral. When it comes to God, you can't be neutral, folks. Amen. You're either with God or you're against God. You're either walking with Him or you're walking away from Him. You're either on God's side or you're on the side of the world. Folks, there's, there's no middle ground there. There's no neutral area. You're either one way or the other. And we've got to make that decision. And, and maybe somebody here today, maybe you're here lost. God's been speaking to your heart. It's time for you to make that decision whether you want to walk with God or you want to walk away from God. Amen. Maybe there's some Christians here today. Maybe the devil's just been on your back. You've been frustrated. You've been discouraged. And, and just everything seemed to, to fall down all around you. And you're about that point that you think, well, what's the use? Hey, you've got the same choice to make. You can either walk with God or you can walk away from God. But yet God, you have to understand, folks, loves us unconditionally. 
God looks beyond the fault. He sees the need. God knows what we need more than anybody else. But uh, I use these two examples. I read these two portions of Scripture to, to show the grace of God and some of the attributes of God from two different perspectives. And when you look at Adam and Eve, when you look at this prodigal son, there's some similarities there, but there's, there's also some differences. You, th you think about it. One of them turned away from God in shame. What did it say there about Adam and Eve after they had uh, disobeyed the command of God, ate of the fruit of the tree, uh, uh, the knowledge of good and evil? And, and the Bible said they realized they were naked and they sewed aprons, skins for aprons. And then it said what happened there, that God came walking in, a, in the cool of the garden. And what does it say about Adam and Eve? What did they do? They hid themselves. They were ashamed of what happened. They knew that they had disobeyed. They knew that they, they, they had went against what God told them. And, and there was shame there. But you think about this prodigal son. Listen, there wasn't shame in what he He walked away in shamelessness. You know, the scripture said he came to the father and said, Hey, hey, I want my inheritance, basically. I, I'm going to, uh, yeah. I guess a little, little shorter there. I'm not going to go through the, the scripture. But he said, I want my inheritance. And, and you see what the father did? He, the Bible said what? And if you ever notice that, he said he divided unto them. Yeah. Hmm? Because we know we, the rest of the story, there's two sons there. So he went ahead and divided to the one, the younger son, what he wanted, and the older son, or what was due him, and the older son, what was due him. And we read there that what did that younger son do? The Bible said very simply, not many days after he gathered everything together, man, he hit the road and went into a far country. He wasn't ashamed of what he was doing. He walked away in shamelessness. But yet we're going to see how God dealt with them here. And we see that, that Adam and Eve, when God came to them, and he, he says, why did you hide yourself? We were afraid because we were naked. Well, who told you? We, we know the story. Who, who told you you were naked? And then we see where it unfolds. And God already knew what had happened with Adam and Eve. Knew of their disobedience. Knew of the, 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 the serpent coming and tempting Eve there. But yet God still came to them, folks. And, and you think about God's love and God's compassion. You know, God could have said at that point, well, you know, I created them in perfection. I put them in a perfect place. I gave them everything they needed, even more than they needed to, to, to live a carefree life. And they still disobeyed me. I'm going to cut them down and start all over again. But yet he showed them grace and mercy. Now, we think about the prodigal son. Well, certainly as he, he went on himself, and what happened, after he got down to the lowest point of his life, the scripture said he came to himself. And he knew that he had to get back to the Father. And we see when he got back to the Father, the grace and the mercy and, and compassion that was bestowed upon him. And we'll look at that a little bit more in detail here in just a moment. But we see there, folks, very simply that with both of them, there were consequences to their actions. There were prices to be paid for their actions, but yet God was there when they needed him. And we'll look more probably at the, the, uh, the prodigal son than we do Adam and Eve, but, but what we have to understand is this. You can't hide from God. We, are, we hear that story. Hey, you can run, but you can't hide. We said that to people before. We, we might have been out for, for revenge on somebody, so that's all right, big boy. You can run, but you can't hide. I'll find you. But listen, there's sometimes people can hide pretty good, and we won't find them. Matter of fact, there's a lot of them that's hid from the house of God, and we don't know where they're at. But yet we see you can't hide from God. You know, the, 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 the writer said, hey, if I, if, I, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go up to heaven, you're there. 
You know my uprising and my downsizing. He knows where we are. We can't hide from him, and he knows what need that we have. And the thing looking at the prodigal son, let me tell you this. You don't have to get in the hog pen to get back right with God, but if that's where you want to go, <laughs> he'll let you go. Amen. Listen, we were born as a free, some use this term, free moral agent, however you want to translate that. And basically what it means is God gave us a choice. God gave Adam and Eve a choice. He could have created them with, with an allegiance to him and, and not given them the capacity to make a choice. But what would that do? God could save you and I and change us into robots that just follow him mindlessly. But what good would that do? He wants us to follow him out of choice, out of love, because he first loved us. Amen. But there's one thing about it. You want to get down there, you know, some people say, you know what? I had to get to the lowest point in my life. Before I looked up. You didn't have to. But that's what you did. And God allowed you to do it. But yet the good thing is you looked up. And but we understand as we look into this, this prodigal son, folks. And, and look at what all that he went through there. And, and understand there, there's some that's made it to the hog pen. And it didn't change their life. They're still in a hog pen today. But yet God. God is there to take care of them. God is there. Hey, listen, he's waiting for them to come back. But we have to understand. Now, let's look, at, look at, at, at the prodigal son. And I want to look at first the things that he got right in, in what he did. And then the second thing, what he found when he came back home. Now, the things that he got right, the Bible said there that he realized his mistake. Now, verse 17 says, he, And when he came to himself and said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread, uh, have, my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Look at that first part of that scripture. When he came to himself. You know what that tells me? That the whole time that he had left Father's house, the whole time that he had went into that far country, the whole time that he had spent all his money with, with riotous living, whatever you want to uh, imagine that may mean, folks, we probably all had different ideas of that. In that whole time, his mind was on, on nothing but what he wanted to do and, and nothing on himself. That's right. Amen. Nothing on the pleasures of the world. Nothing on just taking care of what he wanted. But then the Bible said there that what happened? He came to himself. And that tells us up until that point in time, he had no thought of home. He had no thought of father. He had no thought of what he left. He only had a thought of what he thought he was going to get, get, what he thought he was going to realize, the life that he thought he was going to have. And when it came to the point that he was down wallowing in the mud with a pinch, feeding them the husk that he couldn't even get anybody to give him, the Bible said he came to himself. He started thinking. How many of us today have made, have made this statement. Man, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> we could be looking for something or we could be in a certain situation in our life or we could be wrestling with something. It may be something spiritual. It may be something uh, physical, natural, if you will, and, and trying to figure something out. And then all of a sudden we think, well, man, why didn't I think of that? I knew that. And the thing about it is, the whole time, listen, that he was out there enjoying his life, he thought, the whole time he was out there, even to the point that he ended up in the pig's pen, he knew what was back at home. He knew it was there. Because he says right here, how many, listen, hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to eat and to spend. Not only do they have enough to eat, they have plenty left over. That was what he left to go out and find himself in the pig pen. And I want to tell you something today, folks. Listen, no matter what the devil wants to tell you, no matter how, how Satan may speak to you and beguile you as he did Eve in the garden there, listen, no matter what picture he paints for you, there's nothing in this world worth walking away from God. There's nothing back there where you came from that's any better than what God has for you. Nothing. So what is one of the things he did right? He came to himself. 
And then he made a good decision, didn't he? What did he say there? Verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Think that, friend. He realized. Now, no doubt, as, as you, you read this now, once again, remember, this is a parable. Now, a parable is a, 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 an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a very simple definition that Jesus used parables quite often to explain to the, to the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, about their relationship with God and who he was. But yet we see here, and some will say this, you can take it either way you want. There's a, two or three parables that Jesus will say, a certain man. Now, there's those Bible scholars that say when Jesus used that term, it wasn't just simply a parable. It was an actual event that happened. So from that perspective, saying this was an actual event that happened, this young man realized what? He not only sinned against his father, but he'd sinned against God. Right. You see, sometimes we worry too much about man. We worry too much that, that we might upset man. And there's some people today, well, man, I, I don't want to go do that because my neighbor might sit here. I don't want to go do this because, hey, we better realize that God is the one that's watching all the time. He's the one that's holding on to us. And if we worry first and foremost about our relationship with God, it don't matter what anybody else says. Because they'll never be able to call us for anything. But listen, they'll not be able to point to us for anything. If we are living a life and our life obedient and pleasing to God, you better believe people's going to talk. People's going to say things. People's going to lie on you. You better understand that. But guess what? You're walking right with God. You don't worry about what they say. But this young man, he realized, folks, it was not only against heaven, but it, it was also against his earthly father. And, and you think about what he's saying here. Not only, God, have I sinned against you. Then he thought, man, what did it do to my dad? Think about what my dad, listen, he didn't even question. He gave me what I asked for. And when I left, hey, he, he, he was crying and asked me not to leave. I, I, I'm just throwing in here. I, I'm, I'm extending a little bit. The word don't say this. So don't go out and tell people, our preacher said a bunch of stuff not in the Bible. <laughs> this is my opinion. This is what I'm saying. This is the picture I'm painting. But he said, man, think about the pain and the hurt that I caused my father. You see, a lot of times the devil gets us blind and the devil gets us wrapped up within ourselves. We don't think about the, the pain and hurt we cause others. So he says, you know what? I, I've hurt my father. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against thee. And, and listen to what it says here he did in verse 20. He arose and came to his father. Now think about that. He arose and what came to his father. Now, the Bible said that he went to a far country. He was a long way off. And he knew it was going to be a long journey. And he wasn't sure what was going to be waiting on him when he got back. But he had already said, listen, maybe my father will just make me one of his servants. Man, if he'll just go back and, and, and let me work out there in the fields with them, I'll sleep out there with them, do everything yeah. they do, just so I can have, have the food I need and, and get back to it. So he arose, the scripture said there, and came to his father. What did he do? He swallowed his pride. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is admit we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Some people said, or it's often been said, and I think there's even songs about it, that it's hard to say you're sorry. And sometimes it is hard to say. It's hard to get down to where the rubber meets the road. Look at the situations that we put ourselves in because of the decisions we've made and, and the choices we've made and, and look back and say, you know what? I was wrong and I've done this. 
So he swallowed his pride. He was on that long journey. He had to get back to the Father. And think about it, it's a long way. And, and no doubt, the whole time there, and this is, once again, I'm adding here, this is my thought. The whole time there, he's probably playing over in his mind. Man, I wonder what my father's going to think when I get there. Man, how bad it was when I was back there in the hog pen. And all those friends that I had. You know, when I, I, I took my inheritance and I, I started out on the road and I, I run into some people and man, man, those strangers became friends real quick. The Lord, as soon as my money was gone, what happened? They left me. Right. And got down to the point that, Lord, I was wallowing in the mud. I was feeding the pigs and, and nowhere to go and, and, and probably what I deserve. But, man, I wonder what my dad's going to think when I come home. Probably going to tell me to turn around and leave. Probably going to tell me he don't want to see me. Probably going to sit there. Now, how many of us parents have been guilty of this? I told you so. <laughs> Instead of reaching out in compassion, hey, hey, I told you so. You wouldn't listen to me. Now, when they're little, that's okay. <laughs> but now, when they get grown up, it's like Alex and Lexi. <laughs> Justin sent us a video the other night. They're over at the house, and I, and I mean, you think it's Royal Rumble between those two. And Ashley kept saying, one of you gets hurt, I'm going to whip you. Justin's sitting there just cool and calm as can be, a doubt, uh, taping. But then Alex looks at her and says, that don't make no sense. <laughs> See, sometimes our kids, we tell them things that they think makes no sense. But yet we know what we're talking about. And, and, and see, if we all look back at our own lives, we were that way with our parents. You know, my mom and dad, they were not well-educated people. Hey, they, they went to school. My dad was a coal miner all his life. My mom, but to me, they, they didn't know what I knew. Man, I knew it all. They didn't understand. They didn't know. And then, then when I get married and I have kids and I'm raising kids, I think, boy, mom and dad, was, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm sure at one point in time, both of my boys have said, Mom and Dad don't know what they're talking about. That's right. See, we know. And so he's on his way back to the, to the Father and, and running, and you're heading down that road on that far journey, probably getting tired and getting close to the house. And it says, He arose and came to his Father. Look at the other part there, verse 20. When he was yet a great way off, his Father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck, and kissed him. Probably the last thing he expected the Father to do. Now, if you look at this, Jesus is speaking from a natural perspective in the parable. But look at this from a spiritual perspective. How many of us, maybe at one time, were walking away from God? And, and, and as God dealt with us, and we, we came to ourselves, and we, we began to think, you know, I, I need to get back where I used to be. I need to get back in that, that, that walk with God. I need to get back in fellowship with God and, and be restored. And, and then the devil comes along, no, you don't want to do that. He's not going to take you back. And when you do go back, or if you do go back, he's going to tell you everything you've done wrong. But he doesn't, folks. He's like this father. See, I could imagine, and once again, this is just me. I can imagine that day that father stood out on the porch or whatever it was out in the, in the yard and watched his son go till he disappeared in the horizon. That probably every day he went out there and looked to see if he was coming back. And if we 
decide to walk away from God and we, and we get out of fellowship with God, you better believe He's, he's looking for us to come back. Yes, and when He's looking for us to come back, and when we do, He's not going to be there to punish us. He's not going to be there to berate us. He's not going to be there to say, I told you so, but He's going to be there. And the promise is there, folks. What did He do? He said to His servants, bring the best robe, put it on Him, put a ring on His hand, and shoes on His feet. If you're here today and thinking about walking away from God, don't do it. There's nothing out there worth it. But if you're here today and you have walked away from God, let me tell you something. He's waiting on you to come back. And see, a little bit of the contrast here between Adam and Eve, when they, they disobeyed God and they hid themselves, was the scripture said, God came to them. And He will come to you. But yeah, there's times that God is waiting for you to come to Him. He's done everything He can do. It's you that needs to come to Him. And if you need to come to God today, I guarantee you there's going to be love, compassion, grace, and mercy. The Father was not only giving him compassion and mercy, but he was also forgiving. So there's something about that word forgiveness, folks. What did he find when he came home? Listen. <laughs> I'm sure as he was heading back, as I said, he was thinking, boy, man, I don't know what's going to be waiting on me when I get there. But then we see what he found there. The Bible says... Let your conversation, this is Hebrews 13, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Folks, he, hey, listen, he knows where you are. As I said, we can't hide. And we think about it there. Look what it says in Isaiah. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. God speaking to Israel. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Folks, whether we are one of those that are trying to hide from God or we're one of those wallowing in the, heat, the pig pen, the hog pen, however you want to look at it there, we need to understand that, that God still loves His children. Yeah. You see, God loves us with an unconditional love. Well, so you say, preacher, God loves me unconditionally, and I can just wallow in the hog pen the rest of my life, and he'll still love me. He will still love me. But you see, it's not his love that changes us. Amen. Now listen, man. Wait a minute, preacher. It's because of his love that his grace and his mercy changes us. You hear me? God loves folks, the most vile sinner that's out there. Loves them unconditionally. Now you think about that for a minute. And that's how God can forgive. And because God loves unconditionally, because God looks beyond the fault and sees the need, because God has provided a way of our salvation in, in Jesus Christ, and God doesn't desire any to die alone, because of His love, that's why God saves us from sin. And it's not saying that God approves sin. God condones sin. God loathes sin, folks. Listen, He doesn't approve it. He doesn't condone it. But He pulls us out of it. He draws us back to Him. And listen, we have to understand that because of that love. It said the Father there did what? He had compassion and ran and fell on His neck and kissed Him. Jeremiah says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Listen, we can't understand God's love. You think about this prodigal son. Found not only a loving and a forgiving father but he found a gracious father and listen to what the father said there hey is that my son coming up the road there 
Hey, one of you run out there and tell him, just turn around and go right back. He's not welcome here. One of y'all go out there and tell him, listen, if he spent all his money, I don't want him. The scripture said when the father saw him, he ran out to meet him. That's right, amen. And kissed his neck. There used to be a song, Hope sang a few times. When God ran. Oh, yeah. Huh? He ran to me. Now you think about this. Boy, the father went out there, showed him not only that grace shot up, not only that love and that mercy, but showed him compassion. Bring the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. I would imagine, as I said, the, the prodigal son didn't leave in shame. I think he'd come home in shame. Because he came to himself. And he realized what he left. He realized where he was. And he realized where he needed to be. And I know there's people today that will say, well, yeah, but what about that other son? Well, this goes back to what I said at the beginning. This ain't about that other son. This is not even about the prodigal son. This is not about the father, the earthly father. It's about the heavenly father. Amen. Amen. What God has for you and I. Yeah. If you're here today and you're unsaved, let me tell you something. You've got a choice to make. And you're free to make that choice. Whether you want to walk with God or you want to walk away from God. Christians today, we have a choice. God is not forcing anybody to stay with Him. God has not, not got a collar around us and keeping us tied up or chained that we can only go so far. God will let you go as far as you want to go. You want to go hollow, uh, wallow in the hog pen, He'll let you do it. You want to go get deep, deep in sin again, He'll let you do it. But you need to understand, it's your choice as we stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Very simply to them. You're here and you're unsaved. You got a choice to make. You say, preacher, I got the rest of my life to make that choice. You sure do. You do. I can't dispute that. That's as true as true can be. You've got the rest of your life to make a choice for God. But how long is the rest of your life is a problem? We're not promised tomorrow. Our life is just a vapor. Appears for a little time. Vanishes away. Many people, folks, walk out of their house every morning. Come home in the evening. Then there comes a day that they walk out in the morning. They don't make it back in the evening. We've all heard stories. We all know those of our loved ones and our own families. We've got a phone call. Some tragedies happen. We've got a phone call. Drop dead of our Found, call you upon the Lord while he is near. Now is the accepting time, folks. Not tomorrow, not tonight, but now. Christian today, maybe you're just barely hanging on. You said, preacher, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know all the things that just, just fell apart and my, my world has crumbled around. No, I don't know. But God does. 
Let me tell you something. Walking with God a whole lot better than walking away from God. If you just hang on a little longer, hold on a little tight, help us on the way. Anyone here today, heads bowed, eyes closed, don't know the Lord as your Savior, can slip up your hand. Simply say about that, I'm not saying. We pray for you. Not embarrass you, have you come up front, point you out, but we'll pray for you because God knows the hand, God knows the need, and we want to pray for you. Christians today, have a need. Something maybe nobody else knows about, slip up your hand and say, pray for me, I need God to bless away from God. But there's no middle ground. Amen. All right, God bless you. Appreciate each and every one. Anybody have anything